Thanks for tuning in to the IGM podcast. We're so glad you've decided to explore God's word with us. We look forward to connecting with you in email at infointegritygm.com or online at our website, www.integritygm.com. We hope this podcast encourages you to grow in the knowledge of God through his word. Be blessed. Welcome everyone back to this podcast and I greet you in the name of Yeshua the Messiah. I'm excited about closing out this letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians. Again, I remind you that we're looking at original intent going back from the author to whom he's writing to, the dynamics historically, how they flow through the text, what are the issues, and we're wanting to understand what it meant and then apply it to what it means to us today. In the last podcast, we finished in verse 10, and we're closing out this letter and looking at the letter in which Paul wrote to the Galatians in these final words that he is speaking to these believers. And sometimes we go very quickly through the end because it's the end of the letter and we do not think it's important, but I want to remind us that everything that he is saying from the introduction to the conclusion, it's all very important. And sometimes there are some powerful things that are being said right at the conclusion. For example, if you read the whole book of Ecclesiastes and Solomon's last work at the end of his life, you miss the whole understanding of the book if you do not read the conclusion. Because what he says in conclusion is this, Fear God and keep His commandments. And so what he is saying throughout the rest of the book is that everything is in vain unless you fear God and keep his commandments. This applies to every man. And in his life, he had not kept the commandments of God. He had wandered away from God. Therefore, his work was in vain. His hard labor was in vain. His wealth was in vain. His wisdom was in vain because he missed the essentials of what was important within his life. And if you read all of Ecclesiastes and if you miss those last two verses, you're going to miss the essence of the whole book. Mm. So what I'm trying to say is read it from the very beginning to the very end. Do not say one aspect of it is not as important as what comes in the middle when it's getting to the very essence of the problems. These conclusions are very important to the whole book. Let's start reading in verse 11. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. And let me back up a little bit. Yoni is with me again, and I'm going to ask him to read verses 11 through 18 and listen as he reads what God is saying. See with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. Those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised, simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they desire to have you circumcised so they may boast in your flesh. But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And those who will walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear on my body 
the brand marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Brethren, amen. Such a powerful conclusion. In verse 11, it's very important to Paul that they understand he is writing these letters with his own hand. And he's writing them with large letters. Now, some have speculated that he had a problem with eyesight. We see this indicated through some of his writings. But he's writing with his own hand. He's not using a secretary. This is a very intense time, I believe, for Paul and coming to the Galatians, his first missionary journey, and seeing God move in such a powerful way and then seeing others come in and try to destroy what God has done. So he's writing with his own hand. He's writing with large letters. He wants to emphasize how important this is to the believers in Galatia. And then he starts at the end to continue to come against the false teachings. He desires to make a good, he comes against those who are desiring to make a good showing in the flesh. You see, these Jewish believers in Jerusalem wanted to be able to go back to Jerusalem and to say what they had done. But what they were actually doing was changing the gospel. But they wanted to go back and say, hey, we circumcised all of these thousands of Gentile believers, and now we have completed the work. Again, I emphasize in Acts chapter 15, we know specifically they were saying they were not saved unless they took the circumcision of the flesh. Therefore, they are looking upon it that they finished the work of salvation upon these Gentiles. So they are boasting in the circumcision of the flesh. And they are not willing to stand completely complete in the cross of Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is doing. He is saying we are saved by God's grace through faith and what Jesus did upon the cross and we receive the Spirit by faith, not by the works of the law, not by the circumcision of the flesh, not by any of these things. We came into the kingdom because of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13, for those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves. This is something that I've tried to explain through the years, what Paul is emphasizing to these Jewish believers that want to put others into bondage of the law. I say to them, you don't even keep the law yourselves. Because if you're going to keep the law, do not just keep a portion of the law, keep the whole law. If that is your identity and that's how you stand complete, that you've been saved by Christ, but now he has released you to keep the Mosaic law, every aspect of the law, and that becomes your salvation, keep the whole law. Do not just focus upon the dietary laws or the Sabbath laws or the circumcision on the eighth day according to the law of Moses. Keep the whole law. That includes all the judicial laws the sacrificial laws. You cannot just eliminate one aspect of it and say, okay, but we don't have to keep the sacrificial laws. Yes, you do. If you're going to keep the law, keep the whole law. For us, we understand that the Messiah is the end goal, is the goal or the end of the law, and the righteousness that comes through the law that was never complete in itself is fulfilled through the Messiah, and we stand complete in Him. 
So if you're going to try to understand righteousness through the law, go back and keep the whole law. So those that are compelling the Gentiles that in order to be saved, you have to be circumcised of the flesh, they don't even keep the law themselves. And anyone that's out there who's a believer in Yeshua and a believer in Jesus that's trying to bring you back into bondage of identity and salvation through the law, they don't even keep the law themselves. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. They want to be your teacher. They want to be the individuals that they look to them for their salvation and their completeness. And we stand complete in Christ. I love verse 14. And look at this, Yoni. May it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Mm. He is saying, if I'm going to boast, if I'm going to speak, if I'm going to be arrogant, it's not about me. It's not about how I'm keeping the law. It's not about how many people that I have circumcised of the flesh. And I praise God that that's not part of salvation, that we have to go out and circumcise people of the flesh in order to be saved. But if I'm going to boast, if I'm going to speak about anything, it's not about me, but it's all about Him and how He went to the cross and took my sins and died for my sins. And now I have been crucified to the world and the world has been crucified to me. Mm -hmm. I to the world and the world has been crucified to me. And it means I've died. This is what he says in chapter 2. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In this life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, the one who loved me and gave up his life for me. I died. Scott Martin died. Yoni died. Paul died. He doesn't have ambitions and aspirations of his own anymore. A dead man cannot dream about his future fulfillment. Mm -hmm. He died. It's all about serving God through Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua the Messiah. He is my life. He's my righteousness. He's my everything. If I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in him. Not about me, not about anything else. I'm going to boast about Christ. And that was Galatians 2, 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And remember, this is a flow of thought that we're not getting in the chapter and the verse divisions, but this thought is coming throughout the whole letter. And he's concluding with that same thought yeah. here. And I love the way you put that. I think there's such a, a temptation, I think, on us to have our eyes upon what we accomplish, what we can do. Oh, I've been able to save so many souls, or I've been able to do this thing, or I've been able to do this cool thing for God. But this is like such a very pointed reminder that our eyes need to be on Christ, because uh, anything else is, is not God. It's just basically what, the, what these other individuals are doing, trying to get people to boast in the flesh. It's boasting in the flesh to say, oh, I was able to save so many souls. I was able to do such and such. I was able what we should be focused on is how amazing and monumental Jesus's salvation is for us and for the world and what that means to us. Yes, because I think this principle can be applied in a general sense across the board. Yeah. Uh, here specifically, it's a battle against our salvation 
and our identity through the law or through the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so specifically, he is saying that if I'm going to boast, I'm not going to boast that I went out and I circumcised a thousand Gentiles in the flesh, and now they have their identity through the law, and I did that for them. What he is saying is that everything in our lives comes through the cross. He's the end. He's the goal of the law. And if I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in him. And what he did on the cross is not a freedom to go out and live any way that we want to. You see this through this letter. But what he did, look at this statement. I'm going to boast in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me. The things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh, mm. all these things have been crucified to me and I to the world. Through And if you see this whole letter, by Jesus, by Yeshua, the Messiah, I've been changed from the inside out. And going back to that original statement, did you receive the Spirit of God through faith or by the works of the law? And when I believed in him, the Spirit of God changed me from the inside out. I was a new creation, a new creature. I stand complete in him, and this is because of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in a general sense, you can take that and say everything in our life, everything that we do, every aspect of our walk with the Lord it is secondary to this general basic truth in our lives. Without the cross and without the empty tomb, there's not anything of significance in our lives. So if we're going to boast, let's boast in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like also how you highlighted this. It almost seems to be a conclusion, like a one-verse summary of the entire book of Galatians. I think so. It's restating over yeah. and over through different statements from the first chapter all the way through the conclusion here. And this is one of those statements that really summarizes everything that he's talking about. Yeah, because in it I see you've got these people that are trying to boast in the flesh and, and their, their, their righteousness through circumcision, through the law, through whatever it might be. And, and we read in Galatians 2, 3, 4 that we need to be focused on Christ, that He is how we stand complete. But then later on in Galatians 5 and 6, it talks about how, we, like you said, we don't use this as a license for sin. A life in the Spirit leads us to basically good works, a life of good works. Yeah, the fruit and of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, exactly, which is kind of summarized, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Yes. And the fruit of the Spirit is the exact opposite of the deeds of the flesh. Mm. So yes, it's a, it's a summary. I've been crucified to the things of the world, and these things no longer live in my heart. Mm -hmm. What's in my heart through the power of God's Spirit is to follow God. How do we follow God? Mm -hmm. By following the Messiah, the Son mm -hmm. of God, the one that loved me and gave up his life for me. Mm -hmm. I walk by faith. And so, mm -hmm. yes, I think you're so right in seeing a summary statement, and I think you see this all through the letter is that the same truth is coming about, and then there are some statements that, wow, this summarizes it, mm -hmm. everything about our life. Verse 15, For neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation or a new creature. And that is so true. 
Has God changed us from the inside? What was the sign of the new covenant? A change from the inside where we know God. And we don't have to run to anyone to know God because He forgives us of our transgressions and our sins. He remembers no more. It's a transformation from the inside out through this new covenant. So what is important when you get later on, nine years later in his letter to the Romans, is the circumcision of the Messiah, about a life in the Spirit, about a transformation from the inside. In fact, this is a new covenant understanding, because I don't know if we read from Jeremiah chapter 9, the last two verses, but in that He considered all of Israel uncircumcised, even though they had been circumcised of the flesh, because their hearts did not belong to God. He considers all of Israel uncircumcised because their hearts are not circumcised. It has always been about a relationship with God from the heart. It's always been about a new creation, a person set aside from the inside out to live for God. Before the Israelites came into the land, God told Moses, Moshe, they will not keep the law, and I will scatter them among the nations. However, he tells the people, circumcise your hearts. He pleads with them, preaches to them, circumcise your hearts, because he understands if their hearts are circumcised, then they will obey the law. Mm -hmm. But God, in his foreknowledge, has already told him they will not keep the law and I'll scatter them among the nations. Mm. So this statement is true in the Old Covenant. It is true in the New Covenant. What is important is a new creation in the Messiah. Verse 16, And those who will walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon you and upon the Israel of God. This is what Israel was always meant to be, circumcised of the heart changed from the inside. The law was not an end to itself. The law, its goal was to bring us to the day of redemption that would come through the Messiah, that all the righteous requirements of the law are fulfilled in him. When Jesus is on the cross and he says, it is finished, it is finished. It is not, it is finished plus the circumcision of the flesh. It is finished plus the dietary laws. It is finished, plus the Sabbath laws. No, it is finished in Him. So this is the Israel of God, Jew and Gentile coming together through a transformation of God's Spirit within us, making us one body, a commonwealth of Israel. He's going to say later on in Ephesians, we're coming together as one body where it's not Jew or Gentile, but we're one in the Messiah. It's not male or female, but we're one in the Messiah. It's not bond or free, but one in the Messiah. We stand one in Jesus Christ. This is the Israel of God. This is what God always planned for the nation of Israel that's being fulfilled in the Messiah. From now on, let no one cause trouble for me. And you and I were talking before we came in here about Why is he making this statement? He says, because I bear on my body the brand marks of Jesus. Maybe you can state that question and we can talk about it. Yeah, so we were talking about it and it just seems kind of of a strange argument to make. But since we were talking, kind of thinking about it, 
it almost seems to tie into the very first part of what we just read. See with which large letters I'm writing to with my own hand. Almost like that he's expressing, hey, I'm not doing great. What do you think about it? Well, I think it's more, it's not so much an argument as he's making a profound statement. Hmm. Enough is enough. Stop this. Stop bringing a different gospel. Stop causing trouble for me. Mm-hmm. Because the next statement, he's got all the external threat. In his body are the brand marks of Jesus. He has been whipped and beaten mm-hmm. for the cause of Christ. So there's this, this external threat that comes to the gospel that he's going through probably on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. There were times of peace as well. I remember in, when he was in Corinth for a year and a half, no man touched him. He didn't have to go through that external threat there in Corinth, which is going to come after this. However, now he's experiencing the internal threat, and he's saying, stop it. Quit making all this trouble for me because he's having to address this. Relationships are going to get broken. People are going to fall away from the grace of God through this. Mm -hmm. The gospel is being distorted. Stop bringing all this trouble for me internally and externally because I bear in my body the brand marks of Jesus. So he's going through a double threat, and he's just making a statement. Stop all of this. Get out of the way and let the gospel come through. I think it's kind of interesting how naturally you would think, if I'm physically suffering, I would want there to be less physical suffering. But this whole book has been about saying, don't compromise to those that want to take away the challenge of Christ or the um, the offense of Christ. These people want you to become like the Jews so that it would no longer be a confrontational message. Let me rephrase that. Not to become like the Jews... Because they are becoming like the Jews through the circumcision of the heart. That was Mm. what was always promised to them. But they're being united with the Jews through the Messiah, through the circumcision of the heart, by the work of God's Spirit. Mm. But you have a segment of them that want them to come back through their identity with the Jewish people through the law and not through the Messiah, who is the goal of the law. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so Paul is a Jew. Peter is a Jew. The Jews are going to decide this in Acts chapter 15 once and for all. How are the Gentiles saved? They're saved by the grace of the Messiah. God's grace that comes through the Messiah. Hmm. His love, His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness. And so they're joining the Jewish people through the Messiah not through the works of the law. Now, that's specifically within context. And that's something in the Gentile world, I hate to use that term because we're one in the Messiah, but in the nations that we try to say, okay, they're trying to Judaize them. No, there are some Jews that want to see them come to their identity through the old covenant And there's the Jews that understand the gospel that is trying to make the Gentiles understand their identity to the God of Israel is not through the old covenant, but through the new covenant. And we stand together as one, as brothers in the Lord, Jews and Gentiles together 
This is the Israel of God. This is the plan of God for salvation to the ends of the earth. And so they are bringing them into, can I say it this way, true biblical Judaism through the Messiah. Hmm. Yeah, that's very important that I state this because a lot of times in Western cultures, we use terminology that's not really hitting the text the way that it's saying it. And in Galatians, I see that more than any other letter sometimes. These are Jews sharing a Jewish gospel to the Gentiles about a Jewish faith that comes through the Messiah. Hmm. And then he ends with this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brethren, their brethren, a Jewish man writing to Gentile believers, brethren, amen, let it be so. So in this conclusion, uh, Yoni and whoever is listening is saying the same things that he is saying all the way through the letter. If you go back to the introduction, think about, as I turn back to Galatians 1, verse 4, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. So right in his introduction is the gospel, and he's closing with the gospel. Yeah of how he has rescued us, saved us from our sins, saved us from the world through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to close with this. There's only one way to God, only one salvation for eternal salvation for both Jew and Gentile. There's not two roads, there is one road. And that is through the Messiah of Israel, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, and He is our salvation. There's no other way where our sins can be forgiven with an everlasting forgiveness and brought in a, a, in a covenant relationship with God that's finalized. It is complete except through Jesus Christ. Hmm. And that's how we are here today, by God's grace, God's mercy. And if we're going to boast, let's boast in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will use the message of Paul and what he spoke to the Galatians and what it meant. And Lord, let it come alive in what it means for us today. Let us fix our eyes upon Yeshua, the Messiah, the author and the perfecter of faith. All faith is coming through him. Everything that represents you, God, comes through him. And I pray that anyone that's listening, that they will put their faith and trust in Him and Him alone. I pray in Jesus' name. If you'd like to learn more about IGM or have any questions about this podcast, feel free to reach out to us at info at integritygm.com and connect with us on Instagram at integrity underscore global and Facebook at Integrity Global Missions. If you like our podcast, please share it and leave a review. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day.